You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 121, when you're feeling off during your shift. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, my friends. How are you guys doing today? I hope you're cool with me calling you my friends. I say that a lot, don't I? <laughs> it's just natural. Like That's how I talk to my friends. When I send text messages, I'm like, hey friend, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So that's just how I talk, but I know it might feel kind of weird to you, especially if you're just starting to listen to the podcast, because you might be like, Abby, you don't even know me. We're not friends. Like, that's what I used to think. There's a podcast that I listen to, and she does the exact same thing. And when I first started listening, I was like, this is weird. We're not friends. Stop acting like you know me. But now that I've been listening to that podcast for so long, I'm like, yeah, we're friends. We hang out once a week. She talks to me for 30 minutes. We're buddies. <laughs> so hopefully, if you're just starting to listen to the podcast, we can get to that point that you'll consider me a friend. But I want you to know, I already consider you my friend and I'm not going to stop saying it. So sorry, but not sorry if it bothers you. But today, you guys, my friends, we're going to talk about feeling off before a shift or during a shift. Do you ever go to your shift and maybe there's something going on in your life and you just feel off. So maybe your boyfriend just broke up with you and you're feeling heartbroken, but you've got to go to your shift. Or right before your shift, maybe your kids were fighting and so you're feeling irritated and stressed out and angry. Or maybe someone you're close to passed away and this is your first shift back or you're a couple shifts in, but you're carrying that grief with you. Or maybe you have stress about other things in your life, bills or health or any number of things, right? Or maybe it's not a isolated, like acute thing going on in your life. Maybe you have a chronic condition like anxiety or depression. And so as you're going to your shift, you're just feeling off. You're feeling some emotional turmoil or discomfort. So we've all felt that way before. We've all had stress going on in our lives. But the hard part is that doesn't go away. It's not like as soon as you walk through the hospital doors or into your facility that all of that just disappears and gets put on pause and you can jump into your shift and be excited and happy and positive and really present with your patients and coworkers. That's not how it works, right? It's not like it just flips this switch. Like as soon as you badge in, it's like, okay, magic fairy dust making me feel happy and positive. And I think we all accept that that's just not how it works, right? That being human, we're going to feel some stress and emotional discomfort. But I think the big concern for many of us is that then we're not going to be able to care for our patients the way we want to. That we're going to be distracted and not able to focus, or we're going to just be weighed down and not be able to be as comforting to our patients or as compassionate as we want to be. But what I want you to know is you don't have to pretend like everything is perfect in your life 
and become a robot and ignore your emotions to be a good nurse. You can be a full human being with all the emotions and still give quality patient care. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to help you manage those emotions and know what to do with them so they're not that distraction during your shift. So they're not keeping you from being the nurse you want to be. All right. So to get started, I want to talk to you about emotional labor. If you haven't heard that term before, that's okay. I hadn't heard of it either until I was doing some reading for this podcast episode. And when I came across that term, I was like, yes, thank you. There's a term for that. (laughs) I always get excited when I find a term for something that I've experienced in my life, but I didn't know there was a term for Like several years ago when people started using the term hangry, I was like, thank you, you guys. Thanks for recognizing this is a legitimate condition, (laughs) right? When we're hungry and we get angry, we're hangry. It's a legitimate thing. And when I heard this term emotional labor, I was like, yeah, I'm so glad there's a term for that because I've totally experienced it before. So emotional labor, what that's talking about is the amount of energy it takes for us to display the emotions that our employer expects of us. Okay, so it's like, how much energy does it take you to behave the way they expect a nurse to behave, to operate with the emotions required for that role? So if you're feeling irritated, Let's say, okay, let's say your kids were fighting before your shift. If you're feeling irritated and then you go into work and you're trying to act compassionate, then that emotional labor is higher. It takes more energy for you to portray the emotions expected of you, right? But if you're already feeling compassion, then it's pretty easy to continue to express compassion and display compassion. Now, most jobs have some form of emotional labor, right? Like there are expectations of you, how you treat customers, how you interact with clients, how you interact with your coworkers in most jobs, right? Like if you're a clerk at a grocery store and you're having a bad day, then even when that person comes up to the counter, you put on a smile and you act friendly towards them, right? So that's the expectation in that role. But even though... A lot of jobs have emotional labor. It's especially high for nurses because there are a lot more expectations of how you interact with your patients. Whether those expectations are coming from the patients themselves, how they expect to be treated, or your employer, how they think a professional nurse should behave, or even just from yourself, that this is how I need to be as a nurse. I need to be smiling and happy and positive all the time. So I think in nursing, it's kind of a, I don't want to say loaded role, but there are a lot of expectations coming from these different places, right? And if that's what you internalize and your expectation of yourself is I have to behave in this way where I'm always happy and smiling and positive, it can feel really hard when you're not genuinely feeling that way. When you're feeling irritated or stressed or sad or heartbroken, then it's hard to portray those emotions we think we're supposed to. And it takes a lot of energy. Okay, so 
Here's what most of us do. We go the route that takes a lot of energy. And this is called surface acting. So what we do is we basically just ignore what's really going on for us. We're like, okay, I just need to pretend that everything's fine. So have you ever had that during your shift where maybe you are just so upset about something and you go into the bathroom and have a little cry and then it's time to go back out on the floor and so you take a deep breath and put on a smile and open the door. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm a whole new person, right? I'm smiling, I'm chatting with everybody. You put on a pretty good show sometimes. You might be pretty convincing that you're feeling that compassion or feeling excited or happy or joyful. We can do a pretty good job of that, but it takes a lot of energy because we're just pretending the whole time. When I was in fourth grade, I had a friend who was from Australia or she had lived in Australia for a few years, but she was from the U.S. So she spoke with a typical U.S. accent. But on Australia Day, her and her sister liked to celebrate Australia Day by speaking with an Australian accent the whole day. And being in fourth grade, it was just kind of a fun, silly thing they were doing. But they liked to remember that they lived in Australia and that was a fun time in their lives. But throughout the day, sometimes they would forget. Sometimes they would accidentally speak with their normal accent, right? They'd forget they were supposed to be speaking with an Australian accent. And looking back at that now, I'm like, man, that would take a lot of energy to constantly be pretending to be like, oh, I'm supposed to be Australian. And especially like that was just a silly thing. But imagine if the stakes were higher, like if they were undercover and they were supposed to be an Australian person and they were like, I can't mess up. I can't slip up and let people know that I'm not really from Australia (laughs) and speak in the wrong way. Right. So when the stakes are higher and we're really trying to fool people or portray this other persona, it's exhausting. And that's what many of us are doing as nurses. We're going through our whole shift. We're feeling grief or overwhelm or irritation, but we're pretending to be feeling emotions on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Now, This takes a lot of energy, which is a bummer for us because that's exhausting, right? But it has trickle effects that aren't so positive. So if we're doing this chronically, if we're doing this regularly during our shifts, faking our emotions, pretending we're feeling different than we are, then that is associated with higher rates of burnout because we're constantly expending more energy. And as we do that, we have lower rates of job satisfaction. People become more withdrawn from their jobs and have higher intention to quit. So higher turnover rates when we do this constantly. So that's not good for us. That's not good for our employers. That's not good for our patients, right? And then it also does create some of those problems as far as our performance goes as a nurse. When we're feeling exhausted because we're stressed and overwhelmed and we're pretending to not be those things, then we have even more going on in our brains, even more distraction that's going to cause us to make mistakes. It's going to cause us to not be the nurse we want to be and give the care we want to give. 
So that is not what I recommend. I don't recommend faking your emotions. But I know many of us think that's the only option. We're like, okay, well, I'm feeling this way, but my employer expects me to behave this way. So what else can I do? I am so glad you asked. Let me tell you what else you can do. So we need to get our emotions that we're genuinely feeling and the emotions we're displaying to be congruent. So before they weren't congruent, right? You're feeling irritated and overwhelmed and you're pretending to be calm and compassionate. See how those don't match up, right? That's the problem. We need to make them match up. And there are a couple ways we can do that. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get it 100%, but the way I like to think about it is like, can we close the gap? We might not be able to get it all the way over to, I was feeling grief and anger and bitterness, and now all of a sudden I'm happy and compassionate. I don't think we're always going to be able to make that complete switch, but can we close the gap between the emotions we're genuinely feeling and the emotions we're displaying? Can we get them to match up a little better? So we've got a couple ways we can do this. And I think of it kind of like an algebra equation. Now, I am not a mathy person, so I'm not going to get too fancy on you here, but I want you to picture a blackboard. And on the blackboard, it says five equals three. Now, we know that's not true, right? Five does not equal three. So if we want to make this a true statement, then we have to manipulate the equation, right? We could change either side of it. We could change the side with the five and minus two, right? So five minus two equals three, then it becomes a true equation. Or we could change the other side of it, where it says five equals three plus two. So if we want to take this approach with our emotions, then let's look at what the equation is right now. On our blackboard, it says irritation equals compassion. Or whatever emotion it is you're experiencing equals whatever emotion you are displaying, right? That's our goal is to make those equivalent. So if they're not equivalent, like we know irritation doesn't equal compassion. That's not a true equation or statement, right? So if we want to make them equal, we've got to manipulate either side of the equation, okay? So we're going to start by taking a look at the left side of the equation, if we want to change that side to get it to equal compassion, then there are some different things we can do. So before we talked about surface acting, and that's when you're just pretending. And you're like, okay, I'm feeling irritated, but I'm going to pretend to feel compassionate. That takes a lot of energy. So instead, we want to turn that irritation into compassion. And we can do that through what's called deep acting. So deep acting is when we internally change our emotional state first, and then it impacts how we show up, how we behave. So when I think deep acting in comparison to surface acting, it's like that's a whole new level. Like as far as acting skills go, I think of really amazing actors. Like when I think of this, Heath Ledger is who comes to mind. I love Heath Ledger. He was an amazing actor. Me and my friends, I remember back in 
middle school, we had a Heathathon where we watched a whole bunch of Heath Ledger movies. We were obsessed with 10 Things I Hate About You and A Knight's Tale. He had some great movies. And his acting in his very last film, The Dark Knight, as the Joker was amazing. That was some deep acting, right? Like he wasn't just pretending to be the Joker. He really became the Joker and embodied that character. Now, I know this sounds a little bit backwards because we're not trying to become the Joker. (laughs) He was not compassionate. He was not who we're trying to be, but it's that same principle. Like, can we really get that emotion in our body and generate it in our body so that we can show up as who we want to be? Because that's way more effective than just that surface level pretending kind of approach, right? And the thing with it is it takes less energy for us to do deep acting. Now, that might seem a little counterintuitive because like I said, that's a better performance. You're not pretending anymore. You're actually really becoming that character. But it takes less energy in the long run because those behaviors start to come naturally. You don't have to force yourself to do them. So the thing is, it takes more energy up front. So to change from being irritated to compassionate, that takes some energy to make the switch. Whereas being irritated and staying irritated, that doesn't take any energy, right? But once we make the switch, then it takes us less energy. So then we're able to avoid all those problems we talked about before with burnout and decreased job satisfaction and wanting to leave your jobs and being withdrawn from your patients and making more mistakes at work. All of those things go away because we were saving ourselves so much energy along the way. So instead of just pretending, the best approach is to truly change your emotions so you're operating from genuine emotion. Now, how do we do that? That's the big question, right? We're like, okay, well, great. That's what I thought I was doing when I was just pretending. (laughs) No, we want to do some deep acting. We really want to get to the core and internalize that emotion, create that in you. So that is what coaching is all about. That is the work we do in Bold Nurse Society. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know how to do that to some extent. You know that where your emotions come from are your thoughts, right? You've probably heard me say that a million times, but it takes some practice to really understand what that means and to identify what truly is a thought and explore the options behind that. But we know that our emotions come from our thoughts. So if we want to change our emotions, we've got to change our thoughts. When we're surface acting, we're thinking, what would this person do? And we're trying to mimic those behaviors, right? So like for Heath Ledger, if he was thinking, what would an evil clown do? Then he'd behave one way. But if we want to deep act, we have to take it a step back. We have to feel those emotions and ask ourselves, what would this person think? So my bet is that's what Heath Ledger did a lot of. What would the Joker be thinking? How would he interpret the situation? How would he think about himself and other people? Lots of creepy stuff, right? (laughs) For us, it's going to look a little different, thankfully, a lot different. We're going to be asking ourselves, if I was feeling compassion in this situation, what would I be thinking? What would I be thinking about myself and about my patients and about everything going on here? 
And that's when we can start to generate true compassion. And then the behaviors come naturally. So that takes some practice and it takes some finessing to identify those thoughts that would serve us and truly believe them. Because it's not just trying to cover it up and be like, okay, I'm going to believe this now. I'm going to believe everything's great and wonderful and I love this person. If we just tell ourselves that, but we don't truly believe it, it's not going to generate the real emotion. We're just going to be resisting the emotions we're experiencing. So that's what we do in coaching is we explore those options and we find thoughts that resonate with you. And we help you let go of the thoughts that aren't serving you, the ones that are creating the irritation. So that is how you can deep act, how you can embody that person that you want to be during your shift. Now, like I said, this takes some practice and it's hard to do in the moment and it's hard to do on your own. Having someone guide you through it and be able to see what you can't see yourself is so necessary. So you might not be able to do this in the middle of a shift or as you're going into your shift when you're feeling off and feeling anxious or feeling stressed out or irritated. It might be hard to take a step back and really do that work. A lot of times, like in Bold Nurse Society, with the nurses in there, we're doing it after the fact. So after the shift and they talk about what happened with me, then we can go back and work through it and generate more useful emotions for going forward. And then it gets easier to do later on. But doing it in the moment, that can happen. But the first step is doing it after the fact. So I want to talk to you about what you can do in the moment. And that's going to be more on the other end of the equation. So remember that equation we've got on the blackboard. Irritation does not equal compassion right? But we want both sides to be equal. And I'm just going with that example because that's what I've been using the entire episode so far, but you could interchange those emotions with any other ones. So you're going to work and you're feeling insecure and you want to feel confident or you're feeling like you need to display confidence, right? Or you're going to work and you're feeling anxious, but you need to display that you're feeling calm and collected. So any emotion that you are feeling, if it doesn't match up with the emotion you're trying to display, that's when we're using these tools to get them to match up because that's going to use less energy. It's going to cost you less emotional labor. Okay, so our equation on the board right now, we've got irritation does not equal compassion. We talked about changing the left side by changing that irritation into compassion, and then our equation works, right? It's compassion equals compassion. Beautiful. But we could also change the right side, and I think this is more often what we need to do in the moment, okay? So if it's irritation equals compassion, yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. We change the right side, so it's irritation equals irritation. What? I'm telling you to be grumpy. No, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that maybe we need to express and genuinely feel our true emotions. If you're feeling irritated, let's stop burying it and resisting it and being afraid of it. Okay, so 
What this looks like is leaning into the emotion. It doesn't mean you start yelling at people and flipping people off and being rude and terrible. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you let yourself actually feel the emotion. Now, I know some people think if I let myself feel the irritation, then I'm going to lose it. Then I'm going to be so rude to my patients or my coworkers. It's not going to be pretty. But here's what actually happens, you guys. When we let ourselves feel the emotion, it's actually a lot less intense than when we resist it. When we resist the emotion, when we're pretending to feel something else, then remember it uses up our energy. And when we are depleted of our energy, guess what? We get more irritated. We lose control of ourselves. We end up being more likely to say something rude or snappy or unkind. So if you let yourself feel it, it doesn't build, it doesn't escalate, and you are in control. Same with anxiety. A lot of times we think, you know, if I feel anxious, that's going to be a problem. I'm going to make all these mistakes and I'm not going to be able to care for my patients. That's okay. The truth is it's okay to feel anxious. But when you start getting anxious about your anxiety, that's when you start being even more likely to make mistakes. So let's just allow it. Let's lean into all of it. So let's lean into the physiological sensations of that emotion and the experience of it. So you don't have to talk yourself out of your emotions either. You don't have to say, well, it's okay that I'm anxious. I'll be just fine and everything's going to go smoothly. You don't have to try to convince yourself of that if that doesn't feel true to you. If you're feeling anxious, then maybe you just say, yeah, this is what I'm feeling right now. I've got these sensations going on in my body. It's uncomfortable. Don't love it. But I'm going to take care of my patients today. So what that's going to look like is me being willing to slow down. Me being willing to take my time with things. When we're trying to rush, that's when we start to make more mistakes, right? Like if we're anxious about our anxiety and we're rushing around, that's when we start to be more clumsy, right? Like it's like when I'm worried about running late and I'm trying to get out the door with my kids and I need to get snacks for them and I'm trying to get milk in the sippy cup and I'm like doing all these things to try to be more efficient and I end up spilling the milk all over the counter and then as I'm trying to clean up the milk, then I knock a bunch of other stuff over And I just look like a cartoon character that's endlessly falling, right? It's just like, what is going on? And then I realize, I thought I was being so efficient. I thought I was going to make myself get out of here faster, but I actually slowed myself down. So when we're anxious about our anxiety, when we're stressed about being stressed, when we're trying to push down our irritation and not let it be there, that's when we make more mistakes. So if instead we're like, guess what? I'm feeling off today. I'm feeling kind of weird. So I give myself permission to just be kind of slow, to be slower on my charting, to be slower on my meds, to double and triple check things because I know I'm kind of off. And so I'm going to need to look over things a few more times. That's okay. So we can start by just being honest with ourselves about our true emotions 
and allowing them and leaning into the experience of them, okay? But then the other way we can manipulate this right side of the equation is by being more honest with others. How many times when someone asks you how you're doing, do you just say fine? When really you're not fine. What if we were a little bit more honest? So instead of trying to appear calm and collected all the time when we're really feeling frantic and nervous and insecure, what if we were a little bit more honest about what's really going on with us? So this is something I've tried to do lately. So I'm a per diem nurse. I don't work full time anymore. And so sometimes it's a long time in between different tasks I do for my patients, right? Like maybe it's been a long time since I've had a patient with a chest tube or I don't know, things that I can't even think of right now because it's been so long since I've done them. (laughs) So if it's been a long time since I've done something like a cardizem drip, there we go. There's one that I haven't done in a while. If I get assigned a patient that has that, then instead of telling the nurse who's giving me a report, oh yeah, I got this and trying to appear confident and ready to go, I've just started to be a little bit more honest about how I'm feeling. So I'll just say, I feel a little bit nervous about this. I haven't had a cardizem drip in a while. And then I'll go do it still, right? I'll ask questions from my charge nurse, whoever I need help with, but I just kind of let people know up front, I'm feeling a little off right now. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. And it's not that I'm expecting them to do anything about it. It's just that I want to be honest about my emotions because I don't like pretending. So what if you gave yourself permission to stop pretending? Because remember, the goal is to close the gap between what we're actually feeling and the emotion we're displaying. So if you're feeling totally panicked, maybe that's not what you're going to display, but maybe we can close the gap a little bit and you just show some vulnerability, a little bit of nervousness. That's okay. You're allowed to feel those emotions as a nurse. Even with our patients, I think sometimes we think, I need to put on a strong face in front of my patients. I don't want them to lose confidence in me. Now, I think to some extent, we do need to use our best judgment for that, right? But what if you were a little bit more honest with your patients sometimes? Like if they asked, how's your day going? Instead of just saying, it's fine, and trying to be all chipper and happy and positive, what if you were honest with them and say, My kids were fighting right before I came into work, and so it was kind of stressful and overwhelming. Like, I'm not saying you vent to them and complain to them, but if it feels appropriate, maybe you could just be a little bit more honest. I know sometimes when people are honest like that and vulnerable, I'm able to connect with them more. I'm not like, oh my gosh, they need to get themselves together. I'm like, oh, you're a real human being just like me. I'm not saying that that's how your patients are always going to respond. We're not trying to get a certain response from them. But if it feels appropriate, maybe you can share a little bit more about you as a human being. Maybe that's actually being a good nurse, right? Like we have these ideas of the emotions we're supposed to display in our role as nurses. What if we're wrong about some of those? What if we're thinking it's best to be positive and happy and chipper all the time, and really that's not best? Like there's a place for all those things, but what if sometimes it's better 
to be a little bit vulnerable, to be a little bit real and raw. I don't know. Try it out. See how it feels. But maybe we don't have to pretend as much as we are. Maybe we can give ourselves permission to be more honest with ourselves about our emotions and with the people around us. So that's what I want to challenge you guys to do. Let's see if we can close the gap between our emotions, between what we're feeling and what we're displaying. And totally, we can try to bring up those negative, uncomfortable emotions. We can try to switch them over to truly be feeling those positive emotions we want to display. But we can also lean into the discomfort and even display the discomfort a little bit more than we are. And as you do that, you guys, it's going to feel less heavy during your shift. And those shifts when you're feeling kind of off, you won't have to panic so much about it because when you do this, you will be more in control of those emotions and you can still give your patients the outcomes you want to give them. You're human. It's normal to experience all these emotions. And letting yourself process the uncomfortable emotions, that is the way to give the kind of care you want to give. It's not that you can give good care despite letting yourself process your uncomfortable emotions. That's actually the way to do it. Because when we let ourselves process them, that's when we can think more clearly. That's when we can move through the emotion and eventually let it go. So it's okay if you're feeling off sometimes. And while we don't have to be in a rush to change it, because really nothing's gone wrong, I hope these tips I've given you will help you minimize the discomfort. Now, I do want to add that it's also okay to call out from work sometimes. If you're feeling so emotionally overwhelmed, if something really big is going on in your life and you feel like it's not going to be safe for me to go care for my patients or for my own mental health, I need to take a break today. I want you to know that's okay too. For some instances, you might be like, I'm feeling kind of off, but I know I can still get the job done and using these tools, I can minimize that discomfort. It's all right. I might be a little slow today, it's all good. But if you really feel like it's not safe for me to care for patients, it's also okay to step back and take a break. Whether that just means a little break during your shift or a break from a shift altogether, okay? All right, you guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for being human with me. Being a human's kinda crazy. We get to feel all kinds of emotions. And I know sometimes it's uncomfortable, but that's also what makes life interesting and beautiful. So thanks for doing it with me. Thanks for navigating the messiness of being a human and being a nurse at the same time. It's kind of crazy, but we get to learn and grow and live in the process. And I'm so grateful I get to do it right alongside all of you. So thanks, my friends, and I will talk to you next week. Take care.